The stillness of the night is shattered when you're woken up by the sound of your dog emitting a low, warning growl. Your heart races, your adrenaline begins to pump, and you're frozen in your bed. When you finally work up the courage, you reach over and turn on the light. Your dog stands there in the middle of the room, head lowered, teeth bared, and the low growl continues as he stares at your closet door. Every horror movie scenario known to man passes through your weary yet very alert mind. Slowly you rise. Your feet touch the floor. The dog stops and turns its head to you, then returns its gaze to the closest door and begins growling once more. But now he seems to be making himself look bigger, as if he's trying to intimidate something or someone. Then, as quickly as it began... It's over. Your dog sits and relaxes. You reach for the closet door and slowly ease it open. And much to your delight and surprise, there's nothing there. Suddenly, a bang emanates from inside the wall. The house shutters, and then silence falls once more. Was your furry friend trying to warn you of an otherworldly being entering our realm through a portal in your closet, somewhere between your old Van Halen t-shirt and your embarrassingly cool New Kids on the Block hoodie? Or was it picking up on a rodent scurrying through your walls? You try to convince yourself it was the latter and return to bed, but sleep does not return quickly. Many of us have had that experience or perhaps watched as our cat peers at the corner of the room and arches its back and lets loose with a horrifying crying growl. Can our pets really sense spirits? Do our pets have spirits like we do? And can we reincarnate into an animal? How do we communicate with our pets? Well, today we're going to explore this topic, communicating with the living and past spirits of our fur babies with Lena Swanson. Dustin Perry from TV's Ghost Hunters drops by to review a long-forgotten paranormal-themed movie, and we discussed first-hand accounts with the strange and supernatural. All that and more next, right here on the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't know. He doesn't stand for baloney. Kids, big, exciting news. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader is now available as an audio-only podcast. That's right. Starting tonight, I've joined the UnX Network, and I'll be releasing the show at midnight central time, 1 a.m. Eastern, as an audio-only podcast. They already have all six of my past episodes available, and now every Monday after it appears here on my vidcast on the Paranormal 60 YouTube page, it'll be made available as an audio-only version. So wherever you get your favorite podcasts, just look for the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. I'll include a link to my new landing page on the UnX network, and you can find a way to subscribe there. To those of you finding me through the audio-only version, welcome. You can check out our vidcast 
Monday nights at my YouTube page. It's 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Mountain, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. Watch and chat along with other listeners, or you could just keep checking out the audio version. Either way, I want to thank you very much for listening, and I want to thank my new home, the Unex Network, the new mainstream. Our first guest is here, and I'm excited to uh, be visiting with her again. She is a longtime friend, Lena Swanson. Lena serves both people and animals in a variety of ways as both a professional animal communicator, also a psychic shamanic practitioner, past life regression facilitator, and Reiki master. Lena's purpose is to work with the entire family to provide services that can best meet the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual needs of each family member, both human and animal. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the Paranormal 60, Lena Swanson. Hey, Lena, good to see you again. Yeah, it's been a while. It's so good. I love our connection, and thanks for inviting me, and it's great, and congratulations on your show. Thank you. Well, I wanted to start off with a couple of uh, news headlines, if you sure. would. And I wanted you to weigh in on this with me. Yes. Uh, there were a couple of interesting news stories that came out. Can pets see ghosts? Now, according to this article from Sam Howell from the Dodo, he says, sure, that's just in the movies. But maybe you've noticed that your dog does the same thing in real life. And you can't help but wonder, can my dog see ghosts? You see it all the time in a scary movie, a dog's barking at a window or a doorway, but when the hero goes to check, there's nothing there. Now, to get some answers, the Dodo spoke with Dr. Vanessa Spano, a veterinarian at Behavior Vets in New York, and Dr. Linda Simon, a veterinary surgeon and a consultant for Five Barks. So what to know about your dog's senses? Whenever you notice, now again, this is according to to Dr. Linda Simon and Dr. Vanessa Spano. Whenever you notice your dog barking at something you can't see, you probably wondered how he's picking up on something that you're not. Well, it turns out that your dog's senses are, are pretty different from your own. So it's totally possible that he is actually sensing something that you can't. And Here's how your pup's senses work. And let me know, Lena, as, as we go through this, if, if you believe this is what the, what the animals have told you. According to this article, their sight, the dog's vision, isn't always crystal clear. But the peripheral sight, a.k.a. what he can see on the outside, the corner of his eye while he's looking straight ahead, that's immensely sharp, much better than humans can see. Now, they don't have 20-20 vision like humans, and things can kind of seem blurry when they're close up. But Dr. Simon told the Dodo they have good peripheral vision and can pick up on moving objects quickly. Can you keep the dogs in there? (laughs) It's going to be noisy. Yeah, see, that's what happens. Dogs want to be heard. They want to be witnessed. So talking about this uh, and and talking about the hearing aspect of it, dog's hearing is, is a lot better than yours. So if he's barking at something you can't see, it's possible he's heard something that you missed. Dogs also have a very keen sense of hearing and can generally pick up noises that owners cannot, according to Dr. Simon. This is especially true of noises with higher frequencies, which are difficult for older humans to detect. As a dog gets older, their hearing will naturally decline, but they should still maintain a good level of hearing. And there's actually a pretty big difference between what you can hear and what your dog can hear. Now, according to studies that have indicated dogs may be able to hear frequencies of up to 45,000 hertz. 
Dr. Spano told the Dodo. The average adult human can typically detect frequencies up to just about 20,000 hertz. Their smell, of course, is second to none and amazing. And dog's sense of touch, it might not be his sharpest sense, but his whiskers do have a ton of nerve endings that help him sense things nearby. And even though your dog will rely on smell, hearing, and sight way more than touch, unless you're my dog who constantly wants to be touched, this sense is still a very big one for him. And as they mature, the sense is not as important to them, Dr. Simon said. However, it is still used on a daily basis as a dog navigates their environment and bonds with their owner and other pets. They communicate with the world around them by touching, for example, nuzzling, putting their face on our lap, or just simply being touched. Now, they can also sense barometric pressure changes. Dogs sometimes uh, appear to bark at absolutely nothing. Are they sensing or seeing something that's there that we can't see? Or is it because their acute hearing and vision allows them to see into a different spectrum? Or are they just hearing something miles away? Are they hearing the sound of an alarm going off or maybe the, the neighbor's dog a block and a half down barking, barking, barking? It very well could be that. But that was one aspect of this article I found I found kind of fascinating as they looked at this. Lena, what do you believe when it comes to their natural senses? Um, do you believe that a dog or cat truly can sense the spiritual? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, that article is all based on physical attributes by in explaining the, you know, ability to see mm-hmm. spirits. But where I come from is the psychic ability that animals have. And they, you know, the more sensitive an animal, the more psychic gifts they have. And animals communicate through telepathy. So they're already having that type of psychic experience. So, no, they they can see spirits just like a gifted person who's able to see the transparency of spirits. They describe them to me. I'd say at least 50%, if not more, of my animal communication sessions involve animals reporting earthbound spirits in the house or ghosts in the house. And, you know, the first question people ask me is, are you sure it's not my deceased grandma or my my father who died is visiting? And I'm like, no, animals don't react oddly to your deceased loved ones visiting from the other side. They can sense the difference in energy from a stuck soul to a soul that's crossed over and just coming back to visit. But what if they didn't like Uncle Lester? What if he was <laughs> he was always the jerk blowing the cigar smoke in yeah. your dog's face? Would the dog still react as though it would in, in life? Like, oh, God, not him and walk away? You know, I think because Uncle Lester's crossed over and he's coming back as an essence, you know, a divine spirit, mm-hmm. they don't, I don't think animals hold on to that, what the earthly experience was. They would recognize a higher evolution of that that soul. Yeah, I've never had an animal be crabby about anyone coming back. It's um, funny that visit. they can sense higher evolution, yet they lick their butt nonstop. <laughs> no, that, right. that correlation would, would be something different. <laughs> We have another article I wanted to uh, throw to as well. And uh, this one actually comes from The Mirror. Uh, It's an article by Paige Freshwater. I'm convinced my dog can see ghosts. He stands guard in my doorway. Now, while skeptics debate the existence of ghosts, others would swear blind that they experience the paranormal, turning them into lifelong believers. Now, sharing his spooky encounter on Reddit, one man explained how he was spending the night at home alone when his dog got the fright of his life. 
He's convinced his dog warned him about a ghost standing in the doorway with him, believing he heard it muttering to itself or perhaps another entity. He said, so last night I'm sitting in my room on my computer. My dog Ox, who is a Rottweiler and isn't afraid of anything, runs into my room whining. I really don't get what's going on. I tried to comfort him, but he only tries to push himself further under my bed. Now, I live alone, and this was kind of freaking me out by this time. After searching the house, the man went to bed feeling uneasy despite not finding anything out of the ordinary. He added, it was hard to fall asleep. I woke up to the sound of ox growling. I shot up and asked, what's wrong, boy? He kept his eyes on my door. All of the hairs on his back were up, and I could feel my hands beginning to shake. Out of nowhere, a voice clearly says, and let me tell you, this voice was demonic. It gave me chills. The dog can see us. He can't yet, but he will. Now, I don't know if they were talking to me or to someone else, but it freaking terrified me. Then a door slammed, and I'm not sure which one. It was either the bathroom door or the closet. Admitting he was scared to spend another night in the house, the man shared this encounter in hopes others would be able to put his mind to rest. One user said, keep an eye on the location your dog is spotting. Try and get us a picture if you can. And if it's possible, use your camera to pick out things that your dog might or might not be seeing. Best of luck to you. Hopefully, you'll find some sleep. While yet another user said, salt those doors, draw a devil's trap on the door. It said that demons or spirits cannot cross those thresholds. While yet another person said, what I would do is get a cross necklace and get it blessed. Wear it to bed. So if it's a demon, it cannot harm you. But dude, if it's a suggestion you're looking for, I'd move, move out if I were you. So that was kind of his final take on this. Um, Lena, the right? Okay, the evil. We see that in every horror movie and the dogs. Right, yeah. Dogs are like that. Now, dogs are intelligent and they are brave, right? I When I first moved to Minnesota, I bought, uh, I, I was living in a mobile home. It was my first home, my first adult place. Yeah. And um, I wanted a dog. I wanted to have a dog as protection, right? And I, yeah. I got this dog secondhand from a family. Uh-huh. And uh, they they were moving into an apartment and they couldn't take mm-hmm. Walker with them. So Walker came to live with me. It was, I think, the first or second night, Lena, uh, I had a softball tournament. I came home, you know, fed the dog, let the dog out, and I went to bed. I wake up at about three in the morning and this dog is, and I'm thinking, oh my God. And I reach in and I grab my bat. I'm like, I'm going to have to beat this new dog to death. It's going to kill me. And I, I, I slowly creep out in the living room, right? And all I've got on is like my baseball jersey, underwear, and, uh, and, and my baseball bat. And my mm-hmm. dog is standing in the living room, staring at the window. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the dog stopped and turned and looked at me, it realized, oh, he's too close now my dog ran towards that window and began thumping it with its head and sure enough i saw a man go running by so somebody was trying to get in my house this dog didn't know me from anybody it literally was there for two days walker i believe saved me from being possibly hurt or definitely Mm -hmm. robbed in that case but this dog and i bonded um Mm -hmm. was a sweetheart of a dog and and when i got divorced went to live with my parents and lived out her life as a queen uh, uh, every Saturday going to McDonald's for nuggets or cheeseburgers <laughs> with grandpa and, and just having the life of Riley. But it's, it's truly amazing what kind of abilities pets have. And I could tell in the way that he turned or she turned and looked at me, mm-hmm. I, it, 
I don't want to call it telepathy, but there was like this, don't be afraid. I got this. And I just kind of took a breath and relaxed and she darted towards the window. So when you said that, that animals communicate through telepathy, it really resonates with me because I really felt like she projected to me, you're going to be okay. I got this. And then took off running. How is it that you communicate with the spirit, pardon me, the spirit of an animal? I know you know, mediums communicate with the ethereal realm, yeah. the spirits that are discarnate. But you actually, uh, you if I brought yeah. my cat up here, Mr. Mittens, you could, you could, and I, I'm not going to, Lena, because you don't need to know my secrets. <laughs> Stay out of my head. Yeah, right. Stay out of my life. <laughs> but uh, how, first of all, how do you connect with an animal? And, and are there some that just will not have it? Or are they excited that, holy crap, somebody can hear me? Right. Yeah. I've never had an animal not want to talk to me. Sometimes they're a little shy, but I send them a real lot of heart connection, a lot of love. And then they, I say, read me, read me. I'm crazy about animals. And then they relax. Um, it's, it's psychic, uh, skill that you develop. And that's why I love to teach animal communication courses because everyone has the ability to use telepathy. It's just that it hasn't been accepted in society. So we haven't, we're not used to it. So it's like developing a muscle we didn't know we had. Um, and it's like, you know, clairvoyance, seeing an image in your mind's eye, mm-hmm. clairaudience, which was what you had. I mean, you heard on some level your dog say, hey, I got this. You didn't hear the physical words or the, you know, auditory right. words, but you knew. Um, so that's how the telepathy works. It's all the psychic images and, you know, psychic ears and feelings and thoughts. Um, and animals are excellent at it because that's the way they communicate with each other. It's just we have to learn and then, learn, you know, sending information to animals is so much easier than hearing what they have to say. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, I, when I teach, I tell people, you're, anyone who's connected to animals is already doing a significant amount of animal communication. The problem is it's random. You hear something here, you get something there. What I like to do is have certain steps to get connected to the animal that I teach and then provide create a container so what the you know the connection and the communication is intentional because mm-hmm. when i think back so i didn't even know i had never wait, wait. so there there could be unintentional tele- so that's why when i'm at the dog yes. park all of a sudden i start looking at the poodle going why do i find that poodle attractive and my dog's like <laughs> yeah she is look at her <laughs> yeah, so he's her. just he's tele- yeah. telepathing you're right telepathing yeah. good use yeah. of that word yeah it's telepathy no that's it just comes in it, and randomly and your animals are trying. Yeah, they love, they're excited that somebody's number one, taking the time and number two has the the skill to be able to understand them and communicate. So, yeah. I know a lot of people have problems when it comes time to say goodbye. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I had a dog that as, as he got older, became very aggressive and started biting people that he didn't know and mm-hmm. finally bit a neighbor person. And we, we sadly yeah. had to, uh, the, the doctor said, he's just getting to the point where I think he's going to start turning on family members and your children. So you, you know, it's not worth that chance. Although he's a great dog. I think he has onset dementia. So mm-hmm. it was interesting. We, we brought him in and he looked at me and then looked at the door and I remember him just kind of putting his head down and I was like, holy crap, he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. And we walked into the room and I sat there and held his paws and I just talked to him and I'm like, boy, you've been such a good dog and I love you so much. I hope you know that we, we love you. I know you're not well. 
and and I'm not doing this because I'm angry. I'm not doing it because I yeah. hate you. I just don't want you to have a life where you're going to be muzzled and put in kennels and, and just, yeah. you know, and he was an older dog. Um, and just before she gave him the shot, he stood up, came over to me, put his head on my shoulder, almost like he was comforting me through this mm-hmm. moment, gave me a nuzzle and then just laid down in my lap. She gave me the shot and I just held him and bawled like a baby as he passed in my arms. Right. And then there's that guilt as the owner of, well, maybe I should have kept him for another month just to see if he turned things around. Should I have mm-hmm. gotten Dinovite for him? Should I have, you know, yeah. podfish oil? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that would have brought it back. But how do you how do you deal with that? Are, and I want you to be honest here, Lena. Are, yeah. are, do- are dogs or cats, birds, fish, snakes, whatever, guinea pigs, are they ever like, yeah, I'm pissed off. He gave me to bed. He put me to sleep. I'd rather go live out in the farm with grandpa. But no, you're going to give me a shot and put me down. That's baloney. I mean, is you it know, ever, is I, it ever and that? I hear it. I hear it in that same accent. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And that was my female dog. Don't get me started. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, you know, that is a pretty common reason for people to call me is to talk about that, you know, talk to the animal on the other side and ask, did I wait too long? Did I do it too soon? You know, there, and a lot of times if an animal's just dropped dead or they don't know how the animal died, we can find that out. But um, I've never had an animal be angry about it. Animals have such a different perception of death than we do. You know, there's a lot of fear. A lot of people have a, a really tough time with death. And, and, and of course, yeah, we miss the, the being. Um, but for animals, they see it just as another rung on the ladder. I, I talked to one of my cats after he crossed over early on in my animal communication career. And I said, tell me, you know, how it was to cross. And, and he said, look, for animals, it's just another, it's an ending and the beginning of a new beginning. And we're just like climbing a rung on the ladder and t- kind of the soul's evolution process And he said, but the problem with people and the reason they have so much fear is people are like on a conveyor belt and at the end of life, they drop off and they don't, they don't know where they're going. They don't know what's happening. I mean, that's the fear. He said, thanks for clarification. I got worried there. We just drop off. Wait a minute. I'm (laughs) hoping to ascend, not descend, Lana. Right. (laughs) So that's, and I've noticed that, you know, people in general have a lot harder time with passing than animals. No, you know. I listen, I'm a sucker. I saw the movie A Dog's Purpose and then the mm-hmm. sequel to it. And oh yeah. my God, those movies destroyed me, I, right? I can't. They're yeah. so beautiful. They're mm-hmm. so be- if you haven't seen A Dog's Purpose, and I can't remember the sequel to it, or maybe that's the sequel. It is such a yeah. beautiful this dog loves this guy and passes away and reincarnates like three times before mm-hmm. he can get back to his original owner. Mm-hmm. And it's just this beautiful movie. But you know, I'm left, people are like, you know what? I I was really feeling down. I was missing my grandpa one day. He'd passed away a few mm-hmm. years before. And suddenly this, this black cat with a mustache, that looked just like my grandpa showed up <laughs> out of the blue, wouldn't leave. And now he's my, my cat. I call him grandpa. Do you think we can reincarnate into an animal? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I ask animals often what their past lives have been with their people because people are like, you know, I know I've had multiple past lives with this cat. I just have this uncanny connection and animals are really able, very easily able to say, yeah, yeah, we were together in the pioneer days. You were the man. I was the woman. Um, 
I, and I also do past life regressions. And I actually regressed a woman who immediately went to a past life as a neglected dog. So, you know, but Dave, listen, there's, everybody has different opinions. You'll have a guest on, you know, next week who says, oh no, no, that's not true at all. But it has been true in my experience with animal communication and also past life regression. And I really think it depends on what the soul wants to learn in that Mm -hmm. lifetime. And that's the choice they make and how they're going to incarnate. I I know this is going to sound like I'm being a smart ass Lena, but I'm curious. (laughs) Go ahead. Is there any chance that cats are the reincarnated souls of serial killers because mine are constantly trying to shove me down flights of stairs, trick me in dark rooms. Yep. 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 Tell me, is Richard Speck in my hallway right now staring at me? Could be Dave. Could be. You better be nice. (laughs) Now here's a weird question for you. Maybe not. Um, You would think reincarnating as animal is kind of a step back, right? I think of it as an evolution because if I could come back as any animal in the world, it would be one of my cats. Yeah. Right? No. My cats are the most spoiled, yep. you know, they're constantly loved on laying around eating. They are what I want to be right now. Yeah. So uh, uh, do, you, do you think it's a de-evolution or an evolution of, uh, of the being to do that? You know, that's a really good question. I have always thought from my animal communication experience, you know, and it's 20 years I've been doing this now, that animal souls are really, really highly evolved. Now, they're evolved in different ways than people are. They're much more connected to the natural world. They're much more connected very easily to the psychic world, um, to other realities, you know, mm-hmm. in the shamanic sense. Um, so in that way, I think they're there, you know, that wouldn't necessarily be a step back at all. When I had my past life regression training with Julia uh, Ingram uh, years ago, she said, you know, it's not linear, your incarnations. It's not like each lifetime you're better and better and better. She said she could go from being a queen in one past, past life to being a pauper in the next. It's, it really depends on what the soul's interested in doing. That's fascinating. Uh, yeah, obviously we don't incarnate into better things because I can't believe I would have picked a bald, gray-haired, fifty-four-year-old uh, in this life. Um, people have this bond with their animals. You know, I, I Reiki fascinates me. Energy mm-hmm. healing fascinates me. Oh, I yeah. will be in states of depression. I fight depression and anxiety, <clears throat> and sometimes my cat will come in and lay on my heart or lay by my yeah. head. And it's like a half an hour later, the cat leaves and I feel better. But then I notice that cat's wiped out for like two or three days. Do you mm. think that they're absorbing that? So many people talk about their pets are like a healing factor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that can actually be an issue. I would uh, talk to your cat about doing healing work on you, but not taking on the energy, but giving it to the, having it transmute in in a positive way to the universe. Take it over to my neighbor's house. (laughs) Yeah. Right. There you go. Bring it to bill. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, No animals are big healers, but yeah, I have to sometimes say to animals, you need better boundaries. Your, your mom is having issues, you know, with uh, whatever fatigue and you don't take that on. You're not helping your mom by getting sick. You need to help her heal, but not take it on. So, yeah, right. you need to have it. And, you know, if you talk to your cat about it, your cat will understand. It sounds like my pets will understand better than my children do. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> not that they'll behave better, but they probably no. understand better. 
<laughs> let, let me touch base on this real quickly, because uh, as we've been talking about the ability to talk, you can talk to spirits of animals that have crossed over. You can help with temperamental animals on this mm-hmm. side. Yeah. Um, but this is something that you're not just keeping to yourself. You're actually helping and you have a webinar, a free webinar coming mm-hmm. up. What is it next week uh, on how to communicate? Can you tell us about that? Sure, sure. That's a, a free live event um, online that I'm doing. It's the first one I've done. I'm really excited. Uh, so it's a silver lining, definitely, of COVID to be able to work with more people. Uh, it's a free webinar. It'll be 75 minutes. I'm talking, it's called the three keys to communicating with animals. It's really the basics of starting on a path to learn to do animal communication and maybe even professionally for some people. But the first key is um, connecting to your energy body because that's really how I make the connection is being aware of my own energy body and then being able to discern the energy body in an animal. Um, then the next step is clearing the mind because we all have these monkey minds where it's, but we need to, you know, kind of be able to clear that out to be able to have the clear connection with the animal. And then the last one is just like clearing those chakras, lining the chakras up so that we're in perfect balance so we can actually connect. So it's some real basic things, but then I'm introducing during that webinar, actually a seven week, paid a course where people can actually learn to do animal communication. So I'm really excited about that too. So um, tune into the webinar and then you'll know more and be able to get information about the actual course that I'm offering Uh, that the webinar is March 23rd, uh, Mm -hmm. Wednesday, and then the course will start on Tuesday, April 12th. Um, and we, we do have a link for the free webinar on today's program guide. folks. Right. So you can go in there, find it, click it, go sign up, take the webinar, at least yeah. align yourself. Sure. See if, see if that is starting to open things up for you in, in once you get, listen, whether you take the rest of the courses or not, get yourself right. aligned, right? Start, start getting that. That's for you and get that yes. taken care of. And, and you've got a master shamanic healer here, somebody who's a Reiki professional and energy worker and an animal communicator. So give her that opportunity to help you become more attuned with who you are so that you can be more open to the magic that, that lies around us all the time. Right, right. I always tell people in the courses, this isn't just about communicating with animals. This is about becoming more intuitive in your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, Lena, it's great to catch up with you. We have a link for Lena on today's program guide so you can find out more about her if you want to get readings, have her help you with your animals, uh, your past animals, or if you'd like to take the course. All of that information is on today's program guide. Lena, it is always a pleasure catching up with you. We got to do it again. Yeah. Thank you. you. Maybe we could do a live show soon where people can bring their animals on and you can. uh, (laughs) Can you do that on uh, through the through the computer and. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Lena Swanson, always a pleasure catching up with her. Listen, my little darklings, stop sitting back and watching the world move by. It's time you get in the game. And how can you do that? Come on out and start being a part of the world. I'm going to be at the Janesville Convention Center April 9th through the 10th at the Metaphysical and Paranormal Expo. A lot of great speakers are going to be there and on hand. I will be there. It'll be great to catch up and uh, see one another. You can also come out. We have the fully committed Randolph County Asylum event. You know, my buddy Jeff Belanger, Shane Pittman, they might have to battle it out for who gets my love during that event most. Uh, my my two work wives in one place, 
worlds colliding. It's our paranormal conference and investigations, May 27th and 28th, Friday, the 27th and Saturday the 28th. That is Memorial Day weekend. That gives you Sunday and Monday to yourself to explore the world, but you get two full days of presentations, two full nights of investigations. Maybe you want to come see me while I'm out in New Jersey, Bruce Springsteen country. I'm going to be at the eighth annual New Jersey Para-Unity Expo in Woodbridge, New Jersey, July 23rd. And then we will be in Oregon at the end of uh, July, July 30th at the Oregon Bigfoot Festival and beyond. A lot of great guests are going to be there as well. I would love for the opportunity to meet you. You can get all this information by going to darknessevents.com. That's darknessevents.com events.com. Now, stay tuned, folks. We'll be back. Our friend Dustin Perry joins us next right here on the Paranormal 60. All right, it's now time for my next victim. I mean, my friend to join me for a pawn further review. You may recognize Dustin from his work on TV's Ghost Hunters International and Ghost Hunters program. He is one of the most sought after speakers out there and truly a ray of light in our universe. Dustin Perry, it's great to have you back, buddy. Good seeing you. Thanks so much, Dave. Glad to be here, man. Hey, I am excited about this. Uh, the Upon Further Review has been very popular with people, and today we are setting the Wayback Machine to 1980. Yeah. This is an interesting time in history because the two stars of this movie were really kind of at their peak of popularity at the same time. This was like Stallone and Schwarzenegger coming together in one dynamic duo and I'm surprised that they never reteamed this this special duo that I'm talking about. And before we go too much further, Dustin, shall we let the viewers get a little taste of the movie? Yeah, sent to see? yeah it's some what we watched. All right. Chevy Chase is Benjamin Browning, a struggling private eye who's about to embark on the strangest case of his career. What can I do for you? I want to buy protection for someone, and I know you'd be discreet. But before he can track down the clues, the witnesses, the evidence, or the suspects, there's some good news and some bad news. The good news is... Call me on Friday. He's going to make a date. Call you Friday. The bad news is he's going to be late. Now, if you just sign here... What am I signing? You're acknowledging that you are dead and you agree to all the terms and conditions thereof. But, incredibly enough, there's more news. Final assessment assignment is to go back and solve your own murder. Go back. <laughs> Excuse me. Wait a minute, those are animals. I'm not going back as an animal. And now... Hello? He's back. Maybe you remember me, I was killed here? Somewhat shorter. I need a clue. But wiser, a pair of hands, with 48 wild and woolly hours to solve his own murder or die again trying. 20th Century Fox presents... I'm sorry, Mr. Browning, I didn't mean to startle you. Chevy Chase. Why don't you stand up? I am standing up. Jane Seymour. How about if I just call you BJ for short? You're asking for it. Omar Sharif. Come here. I'm uh, sorry, I gotta be running along. Me. Robert Morley and Benji. Hey, hello. Now I gotta run. Turn the lights off when you leave. In an adult tale of murder, mystery, and forbidden love. I don't like being cute. I don't like being fluffy. 
I want some hands. Oh, oh heavenly dog. Long before Bruce Willis did Look Who's Talking, Look Who's Talking To, and Look Who's Talking Now, Chevy Chase beat him to the punch. That's right, the two dynamos that came together for this movie, Chevy Chase and Benji. (laughs) Yeah, Jane Seymour, you know, not a big deal. Yeah, she was a she was a pretty little lady, and also from one of my other favorite movies, Somewhere in Time. Yeah, time travel movie. All right. So 1980. Had you ever seen this movie before, Dustin? I had never seen it before. And I have to tell you, when I first started watching it, I missed the pacing of 1980s movies. Like the first five minutes, I think it's just a song by Wings and him walking around with the umbrella. And like, there's really nothing going on. You know, it's just and like now it's like you got to get right to the plot. But you have no time to develop stories. Uh, so it was kind of cool. Well, back with a trail. With a trailer like that, you don't need to develop a story. It told the entire story through the trailer. (laughs) It's fantastic. It's like that moment in the Free Willy trailer where you see Free Willy jump. It's like, well, I I guess that's how it ends. Well, you don't know. You don't see the chain that they CGI'd out that yanks him back in at the end of that trailer. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, oh, heavenly dog. This, again, I saw this when it came out. I know you weren't born for another 18 years, I I think. I was three. Oh. Uh, I saw this movie. I I had such a love and an affinity for this movie. Does it hold up as a paranormal switcheroo movie in today's environment? I'll tell you, it was kind of like it was kind of like watching like Milo and Otis uh, meets vice versa. You know, we get a lot of those themes going on, and um, it didn't delve so much into the spirituality portion of it. But I found myself really intrigued and wanting to see how the story unfolded. So I, I think it's worth a watch, I have to say. You know, it was it was really interesting. They missed a marketing point with this movie um, because Disney had already done a movie similar to this body swap, Freaky Friday, a few years beforehand. They could have called this one Freaky Fur Day. Oh, that would and, have been perfect. Yes. <laughs> but this also was the precursor to Detective Pikachu. I love right? Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Isn't this, isn't this, in a sense, the same thing? Pretty much, yeah. It's pretty yeah. much just just like uh, like Doc Hollywood became Cars. Like they just take the same theme and they animate it, and here you go. What? Yeah, I'm telling what? you. What? Telling you, Michael J. Yeah. Fox, and Doc Hollywood. Not a lot of people watched it, but he gets he tears up the uh, the town, and he has to stay there and make it right, just like in Cars. That's true. Now, this movie obviously made in a, a bygone era, and yeah. you could tell by the trailer there's going to be some politically incorrect things. Are there some cringeworthy moments, or is it easy to forgive? No, no, no. Right in the beginning, uh, the first dialogue uh, is between uh, Chevy's character and uh, and his buddy, um, his name maybe even been Buddy, I can't remember, who is uh, a very effeminate gay man. And as they drive off, he goes, that's not the stick shift, buddy. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, 80s, 80s humor and sexual things, Um, you know, like the dog wanting to watch her undress and everything. Um, Yeah, stuff that today you look at and you're like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm just going to go wash up and come back, back you know. But, but overall, was it, was it a fun movie? Yeah, overall, it was a fun movie. Like, I I, honestly, when, when I took the call to do this, I was like, is Dave just trying to rook me out of 94 minutes of my life or is this going to be like a real thing, you know? Right. I didn't know if you and Belanger were just up to some type of joke to see if you could get me to watch the movie. But um, no, I, nope. I, I thought it was really good. Like, I, I dare say I'd watch it again. 
I, uh, I think what's funny is I made, I made him do the very first upon further review. I made him watch the movie night of the Lepus about mutant rabbits. Oh, wow. And he started off with how I wasted 90 minutes of his life. So you can yeah. rub his nose in the fact that I apparently, uh, honor your time much more than I do his. Absolutely. You gave me a winner. You gave me a winner. And it was an interesting concept. You know, you get to see a little bit of a little bit of heaven and uh, his, his man Higgins there trying to find a place for his soul to go to work on things. Um, very interesting, you know, and just like your last guest was talking about, um, the idea that we always think maybe our souls always have to elevate and, and get better, but maybe it's not the way we think it is. Maybe it's not a linear thing. And who's to say, you know, like, a, I mean, my house cats have pretty good lives. My, my little sphinx cat raisin is, is somebody, Dave, I just did an event recently. People are bringing gifts for raisin, my little sphinx cat, bringing it to the events and to the table outfits for oh, my cat. Like, isn't that's that awesome. Yeah. It's so, so like thoughtful. So Very like you know, if, if you're a house cat or a, a well taken care of animal, like I guess it is a is a nice little thing, you know. It's a good. Step. I'm coming back as Dustin Perry's cat. That's <laughs> raisinette, raisinette. You can call yeah. me. All right. So we always rate these movies by mm-hmm. phantoms. One phantom, no bueno, should not have been resurrected. Five yeah. phantoms. This movie deserves to be reincarnated, and everybody should see it. Where do you put this movie? I, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it three and a half. Three, three and, and a half. half. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, if you remove some of the cringe-worthy worthy 1980s right. moments, would it have been maybe a four? You could get it to a four, yeah. But some of, some of that stuff, it's just it's not palatable today, you know. Um, but, I mean, I can laugh at things. Like, it is what it is. You know, I grew up then, so I remember it. But, uh, yeah, I'd say three and a half. It's, it, you could, you could uh, definitely waste your time doing worse things. Um, right. And it's, it's kind of fun. I was very interested to see how, how he as a dog could solve his own murder not having hands. So that was kind of fun. Right. Very cool. So uh, you, you heard of three and a half phantoms for Oh Heavenly Dog. I can tell you this, folks, you can go find it on Amazon to buy. Uh, I think DVDs are around 200 bucks. You could buy VHS for $6.99 or head over to YouTube and look up Oh Heavenly Dog. And you should find it there. That's just between us. Uh, very cool. Now, usually this is the part in the show when we say, Goodbye to our special guest, but not today because I have one of the ghost hunters on this show. I decided to ask Dustin to stay a little longer with us as we do some scare shares. And I've got, I've got something. Usually I'll read some of the emails that people have sent in to me, Dustin. And I, first of all, I want to tell anybody out there, if you have had an experience with a ghost pet or psychic connection with your animal, send me an email, dave at paranormal60.com. That's dave at paranormal60.com. And I'd love to read it. We'll talk about it on an upcoming episode. Uh, And if you've just had any kind of paranormal experience that you'd like to share or questions regarding your paranormal experiences, email me, dave at paranormal60.com, and I will do my best. Or you could even do like this and put your story on video and then send it to me. That's what our first person here did. She's a friend of ours. You might recognize her from some of the paranormal conferences, Dustin. She's been around for about 12, 13 years, and uh, she actually had an interesting story she wanted to share with us. This is our friend Devin Kite, first on ScareShares. Hey, Dave. So I've known you a few years, but I realize I've never told you the story of the haunted house that I lived in. So let's roll back the clock a little bit. It's the year 2000. We all survived Y2K. Boy bands were all the rage. And unfortunately, it was prior to paranormal investigating going mainstream on television. When we moved into the house, the first thing I noticed was that the vanity area of my bathroom, super negative energy, nothing I had ever felt before, but it was definitely the 
hair standing up on the back of your neck, someone's watching me kind of feeling. In fact, I couldn't even stand in there for very long to brush my teeth. I actually had to walk out of the bathroom and pace around the hallway because if I was in that room for any length of time, I would be watching the mirror, making sure the door didn't shut behind me because I just felt like something had bad intentions and was going to trap me in there. Then a few months later, I was unpacking groceries in the kitchen and there was an open doorway. There's no door. It's just open over to my right and out of my peripheral, I see very distinctly a human, two legs walking by the door. So I thought it was my mom, naturally. She had gone to the grocery store with me and I started talking to her, you know, just general, hey mom, do you remember seeing this? Only she didn't reply. And I thought, wait a second, did she even come back into the house yet? So I go peer around and no, no one's in the house but me. But I can tell you specifically, I saw two legs. It wasn't just a mist, it wasn't a shadow, two legs. So I run outside, find my mom, tell her, and she said, well, that's funny. A couple of weeks ago, I saw the same exact thing. White mist walking in that same spot, walking toward the den. I just didn't want to scare you, so I never told you. <laughs> so it wasn't long after that that we had a dog that took off running, just bark, 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 like he saw a stranger stopped in that exact spot where we both saw that mist and looked up like hi human creeped us both out we both saw it and just like what are you seeing bandit this is crazy so i think it's at that point that the spirits realized hey they're listening and they know we're here because that's when things ramped up just a little bit so next thing that started would have to be the mimicking i would wake up Many mornings hearing my mom or dad standing over my bed saying, Devin, it's time to get up. And they weren't in my room. They weren't even trying to wake me up. It wasn't time to get up. It was just their voices in my ear, which naturally, you know, you might think, hey, you're waking up from sleep. You're just hearing things. So I tried to brush it off. Then one day I'm in another bedroom and hear my brother call me. Hey, Devin, come here for a second. Only... He moved out three months prior to that. He wasn't at the house. Dun, dun, dun. It had to be the room that has the light in the middle of the ceiling that you turn off with the cord. So it's nighttime. I do the quick reach for the cord, try to get my foot as close to the door as I can, switch it off and run out that door because I was freaked out. Nothing should have had my brother's voice. And occasionally you would hear cat noises coming from upstairs when my cat was downstairs, just constant mimicking, which now I hear that sometimes that can be negative too, so that I'm glad I didn't know that at the time. Um, next would be the fact that we had walkie-talkies so that we could talk to each other without having to scream up and down the stairs. And I remember one morning waking up and I hear the of the walkie-talkie. So I get up, I stumble over to it. Hey, mom. Did you try to call me? And come coming back through walkie-talkie is no 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 no. I know that sounds silly, <laughs> but it was a very dark, <laughs> demonic-sounding voice. So I say, "Mom, you there?" Same thing comes through. So I turn off the walkie-talkie, go downstairs, and I go outside where my mom is, and I said, "Mom, were you just trying to get me on the walkie-talkie? It sounded funny." And she said, no, I don't even have it with me. It's in the bedroom. 
And that happens to be a bedroom where she's heard singing before. So I don't know what was trying to talk to me, but it did not sound good. And then getting back to the vanity area about a year after we moved in, I think it was, I had a dream and I don't dream of places I know. I don't dream of people I know standardly, but this was full on my room. I know it had to be an out of body experience. All the details were there. And I walk to my bedroom door because I hear a noise outside. And when I open it, I see a mom and a son kneeling down by my door, trying to get in. And I take a step back, like, whoa, who are you? And they looked up at me and they said, no, please, you don't have to be scared of us. It's the other one. And at that point, a light starts shining through my vanity door and they both turn in fear and I woke up. Burn the house down. I knew there was negative energy there. So I don't know what happened in this house, but definitely I think there are multiple spirits with the negative one and a couple of good ones. So the last thing I can think of right now is the very last day when we moved out. We were pulling out of the driveway and my mom saw the postal worker. So she said, I'm going to stop and tell her that we're leaving. So she's talking to her and out of my left side, I can see someone walking across the street, mousy brown hair, gray orange striped sweater, very 50s kind of looking. And at the time I was super shy. And so I just kind of faced my head forward, not wanting to make eye contact. And I looked in the mirror to watch him pass by. So I had watched him go to the side and when I look in the mirror, I don't see him anymore. So I said, well, that's weird. He should have passed by now. So I turn around, nowhere to be seen. So I know I saw full body, full color apparition, coolest thing ever now. But at the time it's just, what do you do about that? So I wish I knew then what I know now because I would have investigated top to bottom that house. In fact, I would love to go back to that house just to investigate it. I actually need to set up an alert. So if that house goes for sale, I'm going to go take a tour of it and take the equipment with me. But yeah, that was an experience and I'll never forget it. But I just had to share that with you because I thought you might be interested. Talk to you later. That's great. First of all, that's a lot to unpack, right? Um, Sure. I wanted to ask you about the doppelganger effect, right? When you hear the voice, oh, it must be something yeah. evil. Can't it just be a residual of, you know, a time flip where you're just hearing when your brother did live there? I, You know, if it's nothing like, I'm going to eat your soul, it's just, hey, Devin, where are you? To me, it just feels like you're just catching a, a rerun. Yeah, sometimes, you know, we, we talk about residual energy and it also being audio. Um, it doesn't have to be from 30, 40 years ago. Sometimes it could be imprinted, you know, more recently. Um, so it's not so much that it's mimicking and trying to goad you to do something else. It was just very kind of nonchalant. So it could have been something that was just there. And for whatever reason, these things get, you know, released from time to time, which is always strange. The thing that, like, literally, though, gives me chills is when I hear the, because you've come across this, Dave, doing cases where you hear the, um, like, some spirits are trying to communicate and then, Oh, no, somebody else is coming and then they can't talk anymore. It's like, what is going on there? Where's the hierarchy of like the spirit world where there's still somebody that you need to be afraid of once you're on the other side, you know, that that's always kind of weird. What's crazy to me is when I was filming the Holzer files, um, sometimes when I'd be doing the interviews, I would have a little earbud in so my director could speak to me if he's like, um, you know, he'd let me do my shtick as, as an interviewer. Yeah. But if there was a question or something you wanted me to push on, you know, he might go, Dave, ask a little bit about that. And I was in this house in Metuchen, New Jersey. 
And I'm doing this, and all of a sudden, I just start hearing that in my ear, and I'm like, oh, well, probably picking up radio frequencies. And and I remember thinking, it's probably just straight radio frequencies, and then in my ear, it goes, (laughs) (laughs) and I turned around, and I'm like, are you guys screwing with me? And they're like, no, why? And I go, can you record what the signal is I'm getting, I'm getting speaking and, and laughter in my ear. And they're like, no. And we just had this really weird moment. And I had a lot of that. And for her to have that walkie talkie experience where it's, yeah. you know, although it did sound like she had the teacher from Charlie Brown. The Charlie Brown demon, they call that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's Not right. That frightening. Very cool. It. But uh, I actually was on a case recently myself and I thought my walkie was on. And all of a sudden I, I heard my name called and I had like the uh, real time EVP thing going on. And uh, so I take it off, pick up my walkie and the walkie was off and I went back and checked the recorder and it recorded it. So it was there, um, but it sounded just like the walkie kind of like coming on and calling my name. It was just kind of odd. I don't know how they do the things that they do, but I like the communication efforts, you know, but uh, right. it doesn't right, well, always have to be something to be afraid of. I mean, Devin's a great person. I mean, um, it's interesting to think that, like, we grow up with these experiences and we think now, like, oh, man, to live in that haunted house again would be so right. great, you know? All right. This next story is really creepy because I was standing in the cemetery. This is Bachelors Grove Cemetery in Illinois, where uh, they caught one of the most unbelievable photographs of a woman. They call it the Weeping Woman of Bachelors Grove. And for those of you paying attention, there was a special Paranormal 60 News edition last Friday that aired. We showed that video talking about that experience. But uh, this is a follow-up. There was another gentleman there, and this story kind of gave me the willies, and I wanted to share it with you, Dustin. Here we go. Bachelors Grove Cemetery. I've got another experiencer with me, Len Dorman. That's correct. All right, Len, now you've been to the cemetery many times, right? Now, you were telling me you had one really kind of extremely creepy event happen. Extremely creepy. All right, go ahead. What happened to you? Okay. I was sitting here, was standing, and all of a sudden, all the traffic on Methodian Highway, which you can hear behind me, stopped completely, which is just, it doesn't happen, because you hear a car here going by every few seconds. And it stopped for about 15 or 20 minutes. And I figured that's really weird. And I looked up a few yards away from me, and I could see a heat apparition, a heat signature apparition, which is something different temperature than the air. A little bit more. Kind of like those wavy lines that come off off a hot road, right? Correct. Exactly like that. So, like the predator when he's in cloaking mode. Predator in the cloak. Okay. I could see that, and it was a large figure. And I looked at it and said, "You You know, I can see you, right? And he kept on looking at me, and I looked at him, and I packed up, and I was getting ready to leave, and I started walking out. And that was one of the creepiest feelings I ever had was walking out of here through the road. It was creepy like it was the middle of the night, and there was two hours of daylight left. Now, would you turn around and look to see if it was still behind you? I looked around, and I couldn't see anything. But all he had to do was stop right. or stand at the wrong angle, and if the light wasn't shining, the I couldn't see. Apparently, he followed me home. Now, I live in a haunted house. I have my own little spirit there, a former owner's son. We went to bed that night, and my wife woke up, heard something at our bedroom door, and saw a large figure looking in the bedroom door. And then her footsteps coming down the hall toward it, and the figure walked away. Our theory is that the spirit that was here followed me home, met our resident spirit in our house and the resident spirit hasn't been dead about 20 years showed him the ropes about how the other side works and we haven't seen either one of them since 
completely gone. So we're hoping that the new spirit got a, got a copy to the other world by another spirit that knew how it works. Later, I found out the reason the traffic was stopped is to go right up here at, Rid at Ridway, the next street up to the west from here, which is that way, by the way. There was a horrible wreck. Car was going full speed. The motorcycle was going full speed. They hit, and of course, the motorcycle rider doesn't stand up, even though he was over well over six foot. A man named of Roach died instantly on impact. And I was the only person that was standing there that was not involved in the record driving the car that he found. So, of course, he was gravitated to the only person he could see. And that was me standing here in this cemetery. Wow. Very cool. Well, thank you very much for sharing your story, Len. So that one was chilling to me because there were so many layers, right? And, and I like that he brings it back full circle to that he believes that spirit was what caused the accident or, you know, was, was from that accident that took place and, and followed him home. Yeah. I mean, when he first started with, you know, the traffic was stopped for 10 to 15 minutes. I was thinking, okay, this seems like it's, it's, you know, blown out of proportion or there had to be an accident of some sort. So for that to come back around to that um, and to, to tie in with his experience was great. And what I really liked was my first experience is what I always say is a shadow figure, but it looked like that as, as you guys described, like the predator, like the, the thermal waves, you know, um, I'm working on a new lecture now about shadow figures. Cause I feel like there's so many different things where we talk about, uh, shadow entities and, uh, and aliens and, and hat man and all those wonderful weird stuff that our world's made up of. Um, but I don't know. I, I just get a kick out of the fact that, um, you know, you can believe or not believe whatever you want, but I feel like if you, if you take the time and look around and you're aware of our reality and, and the weird things that aren't always perceptible to us, but if we slow down and just be thoughtful, be cognizant of our environment, what's around us, you might see more things uh, than you ever thought were possible before. I agree. We've got one more cool story. One of our scare shares. And remember folks, you can video type yourself in, in portrait or in landscape mode. Send me those stories to Dave at paranormal60.com. And if you could keep them to about two, two and a half minutes. Um, I know Devin went a little longer, but she had a lot of cool stories. Uh, but if you can give me one of your best weird stories, we'll share it here. Just like we did with our good friend, Mike Huberty. Well, this one's chilling to me. The day after my 33rd birthday, well, probably was the most violent puking I've ever done in my life. Um, I partied way too hard the day before. I got kicked out of the Great Dane, a very nice haunted bar in Madison, Wisconsin. And I felt like crap the next day. But my band had a show in Viroqua, Wisconsin, a benefit at the old high school in Viroqua. We get to Viroqua. We haul all our gear up to the second floor to play in the gymnasium. We're on stage. I'm recovering by that point. I can sing and I'm feeling all right. But I get there, and there's one song we play called A Live Day. And this particular song starts off with a bass solo. I play bass and I sing. It starts off, I'm playing the bass solo, and I sing the line, that was the day that I died, the best day of my life. This is kind of my solo spot. As I'm singing my solo spot, I feel my guitar player come over and put his arm around me. I'm thinking, why are you trying to hog my spotlight? What are you doing? Only three people in the band, me, a guitar player, and a drummer. I look over. He's 15 feet away from me on the other side of the stage, and I feel this arm around me. After we're done, I come off stage, and we're just, you know, having fun and, and talking to the people that run the place. And they're like, 
we, you know uh, this place has ghost stories, right? And they didn't even know I was into that kind of thing. They just thought I was a musician. Like, yeah, especially the gymnasium. You know, a lot of times people see and feel ghosts right on the stage. And so after I had a really rough night feeling that getting old feeling, and then I sing that line, uh, that was the best day of my life, the day that I died, and feel a, uh, an arm around me. I kind of feel like that was my warning and that was my one. So I keep it cool on my birthdays from now on. <laughs> Very cool, Mike. Uh, good story. I, I love those stories, especially when you think about how many theaters and, and places we've been to that are haunted. Um, I want to, before we say goodbye to you, Dustin, you're doing something pretty exciting and you have something coming up very soon here with uh, our, our good buddy, Brian Cano, 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 Cano. I've known him 30 years. I should have learned his name right now. It's called Pathways. Can you walk us through us? Tell us what it is. So Pathways is a, uh, hey, there he is, is a, uh, a brand new type of paranormal event. Uh, Brian and I have been traveling around filming at uh, haunted locations uh, all across the country, and we're bringing these uh, these Pathways events to theaters. First one's going to be on uh, March 19th. We're going to be down in Phoenix, Arizona. Then we get a spot up in Durham, North Carolina after that. Um, but it's it's not a, a ghost hunt. We we have uh, like auctioneer paddles, and they have some of the symbols that you see there, the wavy lines made famous by Ghostbusters, and, uh, and then we get the star on the other side. And the audience is always going to be able to choose their pathway. Remember those old pick-a-path books from when we were kids? Yeah. That's what this event is. Do you want to go on the USS Salem tonight, or do you want to go to the you know the Winchester Mansion? And the audience will vote, and then we'll vote on which room we go to. We'll vote on uh, which technique we use. And it's not all just sitting watching videos. The videos are only like four or five-minute clips, but then we do experiments on stage. And the whole thing has some underlying experiences uh, and experiments going on. Uh, there's games involved because, you know, Kano loves his games, his card games and everything. So uh, people are divided into teams. They get points. You learn about haunted locations. You do haunted experiments. It's going to be a heck of a good time. It's a new way to do things, but I think people are really going to dig it. So uh, um, the website for that is whichpathwillyouchoose.com whichpathwillyouchoose.com. Check that out and come see us in Phoenix and Durham. And we got some new dates coming up soon too. Great. We'll have a link for that in today's show guide so you can find it. We'll also have a link to Dustin Perry's website. Uh, so, oh, Heavenly Dog, three and a half phantoms, yeah. worth the watch. Would you Would you do more movies for me, Dustin? You're, I, you're, you're willing to trust me? I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've known you long enough where I, I think that, uh, you know, you're a little sadistic, but you've always been kind to me. Buddy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for, uh, Thank so you much so for good. stopping by, and I hope people keep watching uh, Ghost Hunters on Discovery+. Plus. You're back in the fold and uh, part of the, the team on a few of the episodes, correct? Yes, indeed. I actually just started filming for the new season, too, so uh, we're doing Excellent. pretty well. Thank you, good man. Good deal. Thank you to Dustin Perry. All right, folks. Animals are an important aspect of our lives. Their ability to love unconditionally or... In the case of cats, mostly conditionally, help to fill our lives. So it's really no surprise that they would want to visit us after death, that they have feelings and concerns in life that are worthy of addressing. The jury is still out on if they truly do see spirits. But coming from a place of love with that intent, I believe that if anything in the world could have those experiences, it would be our furry little children and friends. So next time Mittens or Duke, Take notice of something unseen. Stop. Be in the moment and see if you can connect with them and the spirits that might be visiting. 
I'd like to thank our guests, Lena Swanson. Again, make sure to take advantage of the upcoming free webinar. The link is on the show description today. Dustin Perry for always being a light in a weary world. And to all of you for sharing your life with me every week. Thank you all for visiting the Paranormal 60 and allowing me along on your journey. May the darkness be a little more light with the information that we shared here. And this week, I challenge you to love those around you with the same love that our pets show us and with the same looks of love. Make sure to like this video and podcast, subscribe, tell everyone you know about it. And for our new podcast listeners, please rate and review this show. Go ahead, give it five stars. You know you want to. We'll see you again next week right here on The Best in Paranormal Podcasting. This is the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. 